welcome to Vineyard KC West podcast. For more information, visit us at vineyardkcwest.com. Boys, isn't that what we need? Is, is we need God to move. There is so much effort and um, focus right now on all sorts of things to happen. But the greatest need that we have is for God to meet us in our desperation for him. And so, boy, that's so good. So good to worship with you guys. If I haven't met you or if you're new to Vineyard, uh, I'm uh, Cody. I'm the pastor here. And so um, glad to have you. Uh, we, as the intensity of this COVID-19 virus and crisis ramped up a couple weeks ago, uh, we, for, in the first week, uh, as things ramped up, we spent time reminding ourselves about God's comfort and security uh, as we looked at Psalm 46. And, and that starts with this, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble, therefore we will not fear. And then last week, in an effort to try to find somewhat what God may be doing in this time, and then realizing that he's doing what he's always doing, he's drawing our hearts back to him, He's drawing us to him and uh, he's calling us, right? And so as we looked at that, we said, well, how do we respond to that? And we looked at the psalmist in Psalm 42 and that psalm starts with this, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? And so as we see that picture, we were reminded that the, the person that wrote this, they actually were in isolation. They were actually in isolation in the northern part of the land, away from Jerusalem, and, and, and God had stripped all sorts of things away so that now the psalmist saw that what, was, what they needed was God. A uh, similar place to us today. And what we're going to look at today is we're going to look at the idea of portion. And portion in Scripture, in the Old Testament, which we're going to look at, and then also just a regular definition of portion is, is you think of a piece of, of, of a pie or a, a piece of, um, uh, you know, something that somebody gives your family. Well, how much do I get? What's my portion? Uh, think, uh, you know, your brothers and sisters when you're sitting down at the table, uh, you know, how can I get my portion? I know we have three teenagers that are at home all the time now. And so um, we are just constantly uh, feeding them. And so, and, and they're all trying to get their portion. And so that's the idea with portion is, is, a, is a slice or a section uh, of something. And it's, it's a part of a whole though. And so as we look at this, for sure, the whole of this world or the whole of this life is shifting. That's happening all around us. Um, whatever we call history, it's shifting as we breathe. It's shifting as we move. Everything is shifting all around us. And uh, the COVID-19 virus is, is, is scary, and it's a very real threat. And so if we take a 30,000-foot view, though, and not get too myopic into this, just the virus and what's happening, and we listen to what people are saying, the world will never be the same. Everything is being shifted right now industries and systems and, and, and everything you can think of in countries and the way countries relate to each other, cities and communities, churches, everything's being shifted. And guess what? God's doing it. God's doing something in this time in the midst of what's going on. He's working something for his purposes. 
Uh, and we get insight into this in Daniel, in the second chapter, verse 21, Daniel is speaking to King Nebuchadnezzar about a dream that the king had. And in the dream, he was trying to figure out what's going on in the world today. What does this mean for us? Very similar to what we're doing. And this is what Daniel says to him as he interprets the dream. He says he changes times and seasons. Speaking of God, he deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. So times and seasons and kings, and as it talks about this, uh, that can have to do with systems and all the things that are shifting in the world. So everything's being reshaped. And, you know, the exciting thing is, is that we can be reshaped too. Isn't that good? But first, let's talk about portion, because we're talking about the whole life history. Sometimes with that 30,000 foot view, we can forget about ourselves. Like what's going, really going on with me? Uh, when it comes to life, ask yourself this morning, are you getting the portion that, that you think maybe you deserve? Or are you getting the portion that, that you really think that you should have or that, that you've earned? Uh, are you happy with the portion that you have today? Uh, what are, you, are there uncomfortable feelings when you think about portion when it comes to other people? Maybe someone didn't give you the portion and, and it represents a person that, that you think you're supposed to have. Or, or maybe you didn't give the portion to somebody that, that, that they should have had. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe there's a comparison. You're looking at the portion of life and the world and everything that other people have and, and you compare yourself all the time and you're saying, well, why do others have so much more uh, in, in that constant game that, that never really does any good for us? So the struggle over portion isn't new though. Uh, so it's not something we invented. It's always been around this idea of portion and, and who has what and that sort of thing. Uh, in the Old Testament, in the book of Joshua, as they came into the promised land, they actually divided the land to the different tribes. And then when it came to the, the Levites, uh, the priests, uh, they did not get a portion of the land. They actually uh, did not get it. And, and so somebody looking in and says, well, that's not fair. Why don't they get land of their own? But here's what they got. They got something better than anybody else, which is it says that they were able to get the Lord, that the Lord was their portion. And so while everybody else was getting the land, they got the Lord. They got their service to the Lord, and then also they got him. And so some of them wrote different psalms and different writings. Psalm 73, verse 26 says, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So he's com contrasting with, we know all of this, certain things are going to fail. We know that certain things are going to fail at a certain time. And he's contrasting that saying like, but God is my portion and God never fails. And also Psalm 142 verse 5, it says, I cry to you, O Lord. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Now that really is the issue, isn't it? Right? Like, like what portion do we get in the land of the living? That's important. What are we going to live for? What are we going to say? This is what I want in life. This is what I need in life. But also, what about the afterlife? What if the afterlife, all of eternity, was just the continuation of what we made our portion here? And it just rippled all throughout. Kind of challenges us to say, well, if I'm going to have what I've made my portion for all of eternity, is it what I really want for all of eternity? 
So our portion is what we give ourselves to consistently. Our portion is what we give our attention to. Uh, we have so many things coming after our attention today. So what or whom are you giving your attention to? Uh, what or whom is your, is your portion today? Um, you know, I know for me, and, and I think many of us, as things are being canceled, that's the word of the year, right? Canceled, canceled, canceled. I've been thinking through that we all have had many idols kind of revealed in our lives as, as things are canceled. And as those things are canceled, we have more space for that which is most important. So as the norm is stripped away and, and we look at what's there, we find that maybe we've been giving ourselves to things that are unworthy or giving ourselves to people that are unworthy when really there's only one that's worthy and that's God. In the Old Testament, the prophet Jeremiah wrote this. He said in chapter 10, verse 14 through 16, says, everyone is senseless and without knowledge. Every goldsmith is shamed by his idols. His images are a fraud. They have no breath in them. They are worthless. The objects of mockery, when their judgment comes, they will perish. He who is the portion of Jacob is not like this, for he is the maker of all things, including Israel, the tribe of his inheritance. The Lord Almighty is his name. So the contrast there that we all make idols with our own hands, but then the, the God of Jacob, he actually is the maker of all things. He's not like that. No one made him. And so you see the difference there. So for sure, many of our avenues of our idols have ceased during this time. And so, so what do we do now, right? Uh, as the world shifts and it'll never be the same and, and we're in this time of, of kind of pausing and, and having to isolate, we need to do something that I call mind the gap. We're, we're in a gap time, like you've heard of like a gap year uh, in between schooling for students. I'm going to have a gap year where I'm going to pause before I go into school and I'm going to do some other adventures. Well, right now you're on a uh, unsolicited adventure that's a gap. If, if you travel to the, U to the UK uh, on, on the underground uh, in the subway, uh, you will see a sign that says, mind the gap. Why? Well, well, there's a gap in between uh, the platform that you stand on and where, where the subway is. And so mind the gap, you don't want to step in it. Well, right now, you and I are in a gap. What will we do with our gap? Who will you be when you come out on the other side of this? Will you go back to just life as normal and, and that's what we really want? Or will, or will you shift your portion? Will you shift your portion to God like these psalmists that we're reading about? In Lamentations verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 22 through 26, it's, it's said that, this is what's said. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. Isn't that a good word for today? That we know that, 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 that God is with us and that we're not consumed because of his great love. His compassion is great for us. It's committed to us. They are new every morning, his compassions for us. Great is your faithfulness, I say to myself. The Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those who hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Now, this doesn't happen automatically. It's, it's, not, it's just not on, you push it and it's done. God seeks us out. 
God initiates with us. God is always at our door, knocking, wanting to come into our lives and be closer to us. But it doesn't happen automatically with us. And so, so, so for us, the Lord is near. He's for us. He's with us. But what's needed for us to take this home into our hearts and our minds and to mine the gap and say, I want this to happen during this time. I want to make a shift, a major shift in my life where the Lord is my portion. We have to make a resolute decision. We have to make a decision that we are resolved that this is my decision. And it doesn't mean that, that we don't get to do the things we like to do. It doesn't mean that we don't get to have fun in life or any of those things. Quite the opposite. We change our target in the midst of all of those things that we get to do. I was thinking this week of, of a fishing trip that I took my three boys on. They were all under the age of 10. And so I had this whole picture that I was gonna take them to this lake that I fished at as a kid. And, and I, I caught so many bluegill on this lake. I mean, it, it seems like we caught 50 of them. It was my first time fishing. So I thought that that's what fishing was like. Well, those of you that have fished before, you know that uh, fishing is probably the worst way to maybe uh, go about having fish for dinner. It, it's just not a guarantee. And so we planned this trip and, and, I, and I told my boys that I was gonna really teach them how to fish. And I set that as my goal. And, and in the background, Michelle, my wife, was praying like, oh, Lord, help him. Help, help him with this time. And so, so we, we set everything up, the poles the night before, and, and we got hot chocolate and got some donuts and, and went out to this lake and, and got out there. And, and, and things started to unravel quickly. Uh, as, as I told them, I said, hey, set your poles there. Don't touch the poles. I'm going to go do something. And I'm walking up the hill, and, and no, no greater than 20 seconds later, they all have walked to different positions and crossed the lines, and everything was tangled. Well, what's important is that I had made a resolute decision right before that. I had made a decision that my portion actually wasn't catching fish for dinner. My portion as, actually wasn't that they would be the best fishermen ever. I decided that the portion of the day would be that I would get to be with my boys and that I would know them, and that I would be with them. And I decided to function and walk things out in a way that they would get to be with their dad, and they would get to know me. And so because of that, it was a wonderful day with lots of laughs and all sorts of things. Now, we did catch one fish, and uh, it, if, you, if you look at the picture, we have a picture of it, you can barely see it, but it, we, we caught it and, and, and put it back. But see, that was a resolute decision. That as things came about, what's the true focus? What's the true target of this day as we set out into it? So, so I just, I just want to ask you guys, I mean, that's a five-hour fishing trip, but what about your life? You know, will you settle the issue? Will you settle the issue and settle the, manner, the matter about this? Because we are in portion-making times. We are in the time where portions are being shifted. It, no one can sit on the sidelines right now. You see, in actuality, you know, uh, Psalm 27 says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord. Chariots and horses are gone, people. They've been canceled. Everything else is out of the arena and God himself stands in the midst of the re arena as the champion, the only one that could be trusted. Do you sense it? Do you sense it? We look all over the place for a champion, and yet God alone stands and he says, 
Come to me. Will you make me your portion? I'm the only thing stable. I'm the only one strong. So come to me. So I ask you guys, will you settle the matter? Will you make God your portion? That which you feast upon, that which is the target of your life. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44 through 46, Jesus spoke this. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and he bought it. Will you settle the matter? Will you make God your portion? So we read of these priests and we may get hung up on them and say, well, these priests said that God is their portion, but, but doesn't that make it, uh, you know, that they're special and, and, and they didn't get the land and I'm not a priest in that thing? Uh, au contraire, here's the thing, is the priests were a foreshadowing of what all people would like when Jesus Christ would come, where he would live a perfect life he would die upon a cross for your sins and my sins, and he would defeat death itself and rise from the grave, that he would have a new life and we would have a new life as well. That during that time, that all people would be as priests. One of the first followers of Jesus actually wrote about this. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him, who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So will you settle the matter? Will you make God your portion? See, when you desire something, when God is your portion, you can hold it up to Christ. You can hold it up to him and what you've experienced with him as you've made him your drink, as you've made him your food, and you've feasted upon him. Everything else does not compare. Every hope, everything that lets you down does not compare when you make Jesus Christ the portion of your life. See, when he's the portion of your life and you need peace, he is your portion. When you need guidance, he's your portion. When you desire friendship, he's your portion. And then I know some of us are listening. I, I felt specifically for this is that one thing that God's doing in this time is that God is calling people, people deeper into ministry and deeper what he's called them into a call on your life. It may be that God has called you to be a pastor and you're listening to this, but you haven't listened to him. God has called you to lead worship or God has called you to go serve people, whether in the town you are or, or across the globe. And for whatever reason you haven't li listened, or maybe he's calling you right now and you're hearing for the first time. Here's what you need to know is that in your ministry, you get him, you get him as your portion. I remember when I first started as a pastor in my, in, my, in, my, in my early 20s and mid 20s, there was a point in my late 20s where I really felt like I wanted to be done. I, I was talking to God and I just said, Lord, I, I, I don't know that I can do this anymore. Uh, and it's, it's hard, right? And so, and I, I told him, I said, unless you speak to me uh, by the end of this day, then, you know, I, I'm done. I'm not gonna do this, I'll do something else. And it was that day that I read the first time about portion. And I read about the Levites and I read how God was their portion. And the Lord spoke to me clearly and he said, Cody, the things that you're upset about, the things that you've given up, the things that have hurt, these things, that's not for you. I am your portion, you get me. And that's just not for pastors, that's for everybody. 
because he's the strongest. He's in the middle of the arena calling all of us to him. So will you settle the matter? Let's settle it together. Let's make God our portion. What could God do in Kansas City or in your town, wherever you are, if there was a bunch of people that made the focus and the target of their lives God himself, that they would know him, that they would love him, that they would worship him and feast upon him. In Lamentations chapter 3, verse 24, there's a great way to say this. There's a great way to be resolute about this and make it a declaration in your life. And it says this, and you may want to read this out loud as you, as you see it at home. Uh, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. Now, what does it mean to, to, to wait upon God? It means that, it means that I'm not going to try to do things on my own effort. It means that in this time of isolation and waiting, it means that I'm going to allow him to move. Just like Nikki Lettuce, I'm going to allow him to move in this time in this place. And what's great is one of, the, one of the greatest passages in all of Scripture, you may have heard it before, says this in Isaiah 40, verse, verse 30 through 31. It says, Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Don't we need that in this time? I know I do, and, and I, I know you do as well. But I also know, too, this morning uh, or this evening or whenever you're watching this, I know, too, that, that there's some of you listening that, that you have not committed your life to Jesus Christ. You have, you have not made that first decision for Jesus Christ. And so you're listening in this morning saying, wow, these people that, that have been walking with the Lord, it's a consistent decision. It's, a, it's an ongoing decision to make God the one that you make the portion of your life. But I want to speak to those that maybe have not done this in their lives before. You know, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 says this. It says that if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And so if that's you today and you're saying, I want to make a decision for Jesus Christ, or maybe you've been playing religious games. Maybe you've been following after religion, but you haven't made that commitment and that surrender to Jesus Christ. Then I want you to pray this prayer out loud after me. Lord, come into my life. I'm in need of a Savior. I ask you to wash me and cleanse me and make me new. I believe that you died for my sin and that you rose again from the dead. So now fill me with new life by your Holy Spirit. I now make you Savior and Lord of my life. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, if you're watching on our church online platform, you can press on there that you've made that decision. Uh, we'd love to know about that and pray for you. Uh, and then also, too, uh, if, if you've made that and you're, you're watching this another way uh, where you can't interact, would you email us and let us know? Would you get a hold of us so we can pray for you so that we can encourage you in your decision for Jesus Christ? But know this, that if you made a decision for Christ just now, know that he has taken up residence in you. That the Holy Spirit has now come in you and the very life of God is living in you. And so take some time. All of us now, how do we do this? Well, those things that are most important, we give our time to. Just like we're giving time to our spouses and our kids and our families, we're giving more time to that because we have time. 
And so with God as our portion, we give him our time. Start small if you haven't been working out very much. You know, start small. Read a chapter a day of the Bible. Listen to him. Pray to him. Talk to him. And consistently over time, you'll see that his life in you grows little by little. And you'll want nothing else besides him. Everything will pale in comparison to him as you do that. Let's have Nikki come up and we're going to have another song of worship. And... I want to encourage you guys um, to surrender. Surrender all that you have. As you walk through this time, God's speaking to you. He's pulling you towards Him. Thanks for listening this week. If you're looking for ways to serve, give, or get connected, please visit vineyardkcwest.com.